Hello everyone, Bob Main here with another episode of the Handgun World Podcast, a practical show done by a practical guy, and that is me, guess what, episode 600, right now, thank you very much, all these years, I'm starting my 14th year, and uh, this is great, so thank you very much, I appreciate it. So I decided to bring on one of the best guests that I've ever had previously on the Handgun World podcast. He's been on this show a couple of times before. You're going to hear from Gabe Suarez himself. This is a great interview. Get ready for some really good information. And remember, this show is sponsored by Keeper's Concealment. Now, appendix carry is popular, and even a lot of the folks at Suarez International, the instructors, and a lot of the people who subscribe to Suarez's training, a lot of them appendix carry. There are a lot of fine appendix carry holsters. Spencer Keepers sponsors the Handgun World podcast, and you might want to check out his gear. His holster gear. They are the leading authorities on appendix carry. Check them out at keepersconcealment.com and you get a discount if you just use the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD. All one word, you get 10% off. Once again, that's keepersconcealment.com. A link will be in the show notes. Let's get right into it. My interview with Gabe Suarez. My special guest I have not had on here for a long time, but he's very popular, always gets a lot of downloads. Gabe Suarez, welcome back to the Handgun World Podcast. Hey, thanks for having us. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, well, it's always a pleasure interviewing you as well, and uh, you and I have a, a long history, and um, you know, I, I want everybody to know that my, my first exposure to real training, I mean real training, not just you know, goofing around, was one of your classes taught by one of your instructors, and it was your curriculum. So uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate that very much. Thank you. So your reputation is, um, in, in, in the, the gunfighting world, is outstanding, and I figured that you probably had have a lot to say about some of the stuff that's been going on especially let's start with that let's talk about all this active shooter stuff that's been going on yeah it's uh it's it's pretty crazy you know um i i I don't know that i i want to sound like i'm one of those guys with a tinfoil hat on or anything like that but you know the the tempo of these events seems to coincide with certain political groups being in power I'll just leave it at that and, and, you know, allow the, the listener to arrive at their own conclusions. But, uh, apparently in, uh, in the current POTUS's, uh, administration, uh, there have already been, uh, far, far more mass shooters just in these two wonderful years that we've had than in all of president Trump's four years. Um, so, you know, I, I, I can't, 
can't be a coincidence. I, I, I don't know, but it's just, it's a fact. And it is. Uh, it's just, yes. it's an interesting fact. It is an interesting fact. And crime overall happens to be on the rise in places where certain people from a certain sure. political side are sure. in control. That's right. And so, yeah. so let's talk about these active shooter incidents. Um, one that one that I'd like to talk about, which is only an hour and a half from where I live, is uh, the dirt bag that went into the elementary school in Uvalde. So, I'd like right. to get your I'd like to get your opinion on that, especially the law enforcement response. Okay, well, <clears throat> you know, um, as you know, I, uh, I I spent 15 years in Southern California law enforcement. And, uh, you know, I don't know if my generation was different. This was a while ago, of course, uh, not that long ago, historically speaking, but you know, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't just a few years ago, you know, 20 some years ago. Uh, and the idea, the idea that grown ass men with badges and guns and tactics and all of these things are going to stand out in a hallway and wait for orders when there's a bad guy in a classroom shooting little kids. Uh, that to me is absolutely inconceivable. And I do know what that word means. Uh, we, we didn't do that. We, every time that we had a chance to deploy on the bad guys, we relished those opportunities because that's why we were there. That's why you took the job. Uh, that's why we took the job because we like to deploy on bad guys. And, you know, uh, anybody that, that, that takes a job and they don't want to deploy on the bad guys, I would ask them, what, what are you doing? Go find something else to do. Go become a manager at Dairy Queen. Or, but this is not for you. Okay, yeah. you know, we ran to the sound of the guns. I remember it was, we would laugh about it, you know, that so-and-so got in a crash because he was trying to get to the crime in progress and you know, and yeah, he got, you know, eight hours disciplinary time for being in a car crash. But you know what? It was all in good humor because we knew that what he was trying to do. He was trying to get there to, to get the bad guy before the bad guy left. He was doing his job. Uh, and, you know, that's what we did. That's how it was done. And and to think that now uh, it's it's different. Uh, it's just I mean, it's it's tragic. It's it's uh, I don't even have a word for it. I don't think it's the same in every agency. Uh, not, not for a minute. Uh, you know, the guys up here, for example, Prescott, uh, police department, I know most of them, very skilled guys, you know, very well prepared. I, I, I can't imagine that they would do something like that. You know, same thing with the Yavapai, uh, County Sheriff's office, very, the most squared away people in law enforcement that I've seen, you know, since I was on the job. Uh, but you know, there are agencies that they have made a habit of, hiring the wrong people. They have made a habit of creating uh, policies that promote cowardice. Uh, they have made a habit of promoting indecision uh, and, and, uh, and a lack of initiative and so on. And what happens is you get these results. You get people standing around waiting for Mother May I to tell them that it's okay to go and do their job and then do that job half-assed. Well, yeah, uh, and, and it's a tragic thing. It's it, a tragic yeah. thing. It is tragic. You said a very important thing just a minute ago that you know they are trained for cowardice. Why do you think that is? Um, you know, <clears throat> I saw a move away from 
proactive law enforcement when I was still on the job. This is, uh, you know, uh, in the 1990s, I left in 2001. Uh, and, you know, there was this movement toward community policing. And, and I, I get it. Community policing means that, you know, you're not an enemy to everybody, but, you know, you're trying to be people's friends and all that stuff. And uh, I, I got it. But, you know, that doesn't mean that you give up your responsibility as uh, the, the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the, the final stop before the bad guys start killing people you know right. you you are the one that stands in the gap you're the you're the you're the spartan that keeps the persians from attacking athens you know yeah. uh and that means that sometimes you have to kill the persians that's why you carry a gun that's why you go to tactical schools and, and all that sort of thing uh and but i think what happened is this 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 smiley faced andy griffith type you know guy that you know, they, 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 their, their whole, their whole image online is, Hey, we get out of the car. We throw hoops with the homies. Hey, we get out of the car and we do the, the little song and dance and all this kind of stuff. Listen, you don't see Navy SEALs doing that shit with the, the, the freaking ISIS people or, or the Delta guys doing that with, with the bad guys. They're not interested in no. making friends with the bad guys. They want to find out where the bad guys are so they can deploy on them and kick their asses and exterminate That's what law enforcement them. should be doing. Not not trying to pretend to be something else, you know. When when they try and pretend to be something else, that's what you get. You get dead people because the cops didn't have the balls to go and do what their job was in the first place. And I sound a little harsh and a little passionate about this, but you know what? I did that job for 15 years, and I ran to the guns, and I disobeyed orders, and I did all that stuff because my responsibility to myself and my own self-image as a man and as a warrior was the most important thing that I woke up with and went to bed with every day. And I think what happened is a lot of these people have forgotten that and they're allowing this institutional, uh, 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 you know, momentum away from being a man and being a warrior and living up to your duty and moving towards something else, which I don't know what that is. And I don't want to have any part of it, but uh, what they did was wrong. What they did was a stain on the face of every law enforcement man or woman that has ever worked a job. Uh, and, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ashamed of those people, to be honest. And you're 100% correct. I agree with you. However, I don't want to place the blame solely on law enforcement because I think there's more to it in this particular instance. The, the shooting at Robb Elementary in Uvalde you know, we have we have made schools such soft targets over the years. Don't you think that has something to do with it? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, it does. Uh, you know, we can uh, <clears throat> we can we can give billions of dollars to Iran, but we can't harden the school. What? Right. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No. Right? Uh, you know, we can we can uh, send. I, I don't know. There was a there was a, a number that I, I posted up on Facebook a while ago about the the amount of money that the U.S. spends overseas uh, on just nonsense uh, every every single year. All right, and then I think I did the numbers where, okay, uh, you know, let's say you have like five five people, you know, uh, uh, you know, retired law enforcement or, or off duty law enforcement or whatever per school, you know, around the country. And it was, it was going to be a fraction of the money that the American government spends overseas 
on people that are not Americans and people that don't have our best interest in mind. Yes, yeah, some of the people uh, so we send money to hate us and want to kill us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and uh, so I don't know. <clears throat> um, something needs to change. You know, the the law enforcement thing. I, I speak on that because that's my area of expertise. Uh, you know, I'm not uh, uh, I'm not an expert in, in mental health and, and all of that. But uh, you know, I, I I would I would love to see a study of the the background, the family history, uh, the the schooling, the medications uh, of all of these active shooters that have happened in just in the last couple of years and wonder what is it? What is the common thread that they all have in common um, between them? Because uh, there there's there's got to be something. These things just don't happen organically. There's there's something there. Uh, and I, 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 I would hope that somebody would study that and reveal the findings. I would hope the same thing, because there are going to be common denominators, probably several. So let's go back a little bit just before that. Um, the guy up in Buffalo, New York, shooting people in a grocery store. So right. in this situation, we didn't really have a failure of law enforcement, I don't believe. It seems like we just we had a failure of people not protecting themselves. That's true. That's true. You know, people not not caring. Of course, New York makes it nearly impossible. Hopefully that's changing, but makes it nearly impossible for people to be able to carry. Right. And I think in that situation, in that shooting incident, that mass murder incident, Probably New York is partially to blame for that because they don't allow oh, people to protect themselves. Absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, you know, um, the, the it's like we we've seen it a number of times now. The the bad guy goes into a place and he shoots the place up. He kills a bunch of people, and then eventually, you know, he either shoots himself, law enforcement captures him, or or whatever. You know, at at the end of the show. Right. Uh, and then we have situations where the bad guy goes in, starts this thing, and then by happenstance or by, you know, other things, if you believe uh, in, in other things, uh, there's a good guy there, uh, and he draws his pistol or her pistol, and he smokes the bad guy. And the bad guy's dead within a few seconds, and guess what? He doesn't get to kill a bunch of people because somebody else killed him. Which just recently so. <laughs> happened, and we'll get to that. Exactly. Um, back to Uvalde. You know, here in Texas, obviously, we have very favorable gun laws. And uh, anybody that is 21 years of age and not a convicted felon and is not prohibited from owning a gun, they can carry. Right. The, the challenge is, is Texas leaves it up to the school district or the board or whatever to make the decision mm -hmm. on whether they're going to harden their school or not. And obviously... Uvalde chose not to harden their school, mm -hmm. so I think right. I think they're partially to blame too. Don't don't you agree? Well, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, but the thing is, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, each person's responsibility is for their safety is their own. Yes. Uh, you know, it, you you still exercise even though there is no law compelling you to do so. You still eat right. You still do all the things. You go to work. You do all the things that are good for you and your future out of your own desire 
for for your future. You don't you don't have to have something compelling you or authorizing you to do these things. Uh, and That's and correct. point of fact, if, if somebody said, you know what, um, it's going to be illegal for you to lift weights. It's going to be illegal for you to eat more protein than carbohydrate. You would still do it in spite of the law because those things are important and they are good for you. And they're good for you. And, uh, exactly. And, you know, and I, I, I think, you know, where, where this is, this is leading. My, my point is that, uh, you are responsible for your own safety, regardless of what the norm of the society and the rules and all of these things around you happen to be. Uh, yes. and, uh, you know, it, it is, it is what it is and everybody's got to make their own choice in that department, but it should be that wherever your feet take you, that place is a safe place. It's safe for you. It's safe for those that are around you. And it is implicitly and completely unsafe for a terrorist or a criminal. That is a very good statement. I might even title this episode that wherever your feet take you is a safe place. That yes. is... That's 100% spot on, Gabe. And so next I want to talk about actually my favorite incident. I mean, I, I hate it when these things happen. I don't like any active shooter incident. However, in, in the case in Indiana at the mall, we had somebody there that took what you said seriously and made sure that the space he was in was a safe space. Correct? Correct. And Eli Dickin, uh, God bless that young man. And I, what I think is so impressive about that, you know, everybody's talking about, well, the 40-yard shots. Yeah, we, we don't really know if it really was that. But, and wow, he put 8 out of 10 from 40 yards. That's all good. That's fantastic. But I'm glad he was willing to take action. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you, I, the most important thing to me seems to be that he was willing to act. What's your opinion? Absolutely. On Absolutely. You know, you, you have to have your mind right. Uh, you can be armed. You can be trained. You can be all of these different things. Uh, and if you have the mentality that you're waiting for someone to tap you on the shoulder and tell you that it's okay to do something, you're never going to do anything because your life is going to be uh, a, a tale of you trying to not get in trouble and trying to not make a decision. So you're not blamed for anything. Right. Uh, what, uh, what a, 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 an intelligent modern human being does is they see a need to take action. They have the capacity to take action and they do it. And that's what, uh, that's what Mr. Dickens did and good on him. We should see more of that. We should. And so the next thing I want to, I want to, kind of give you a compliment because years ago you pretty much you and your instructors you led the charge out there on training for long distance shots for red dots on pistols and you you put that into your curriculum and people people used to criticize that people used to laugh at you ah suarez why do we need to be learning that stuff you know that's that stuff's useless so Apparently, um, you were spot on. Yeah, well, thank you. You know, one thing I've always told my classes and my, my uh, staff instructors is do not let the lower standards of other people affect your training. Yeah. That's good. Do not say that yeah. again. Do not allow the standards of uh, the lower stand. The, 
don't allow the low standards of other people to affect your training. The low standards uh, of other people, that's right. Yeah, you know, they decide, well, you know, all you need is, a, a, you know, train at five yards because, you know, when the mugger comes to you in the parking lot, you know, that's all you need. And, you know, all you need to carry is a J-frame revolver, you know, and all this all this nonsense. You know, that may have been true in 1975, but that was a long, long time ago. And uh, the, the battlefield and the enemies and, and all the, the, the entire world is different now. And uh, we need to have the capabilities to fight different kinds of fights uh, and sustain those fights and understand that we may not have a single adversary. There may be more and more than likely they'll be better armed than we are. Well, and I don't think Eli Dickin was carrying a J-frame five-shot revolver and expecting a five-yard no, shot. Not. Yeah, no, he was not. No, and you're right, and he was outgunned. Uh, we don't know what kind of rifle the active shooter had, but it was a rifle. It was a rifle. Yeah. Now let me tell you something. This is this is something I got from one of my one of my old training officers back in the in the Jurassic period of law enforcement. He said, <laughs> "You're not outgunned if you shoot the other guy first. That's correct. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's great. You're not outgunned if you shoot the other guy first. No, you're not. But you have to be willing to do it. And I don't know. I don't know if Mr. Dickin had any training, but um, I would have to say probably 22 years old with good eye coordination and good eyesight and in relatively good condition. That probably helps. Yeah, he may not have been, you know, attending class upon class upon class, but I bet he put in a little bit of work, you know. Yeah. Cause shooting, shooting is not hard, you know, uh, and you, you, you know, you learn how to do it. And if you put a little bit of time in, uh, you know, you'll do, you'll do pretty well. Uh, and, and so I suspect that I suspect this was not the first time that he fired that pistol he was carrying. Probably isn't you, you just mentioned yeah. shooting is not hard. So before we get into your fitness business, I want to, I want to bring up one last thing. John sure. Payne and I were talking a couple months ago. We did an interview on this show, and John quoted you something to the effect of it's easier to train a fighter to shoot than it is to train a shooter to fight. Absolutely. Did I, did I get that right? Absolutely, yeah, that's exactly right. Why is that? Well, okay, so... Um, if you look at the way that the the shooting world or the shooting community in the U.S. is is organized, it there there is a very strong sporting component, there is a very strong hunting component, and and so on. And it's it's not uh, it, the 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 fighting aspect is not as strong. And so you know you have uh, you have a lot of people that they're. They're technically minded. They're shooting the group. They're they're studying how the gun works. They're uh, you know it's an academic study for them. Even the you know the competition people, they like to think that hey, if I go and shoot a match and I win a trophy, I can do this. Well, you know, yes and no. Um, you know, going out to the range, setting up a piece of paper, setting a timer, and 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 shooting that piece of paper. That's one thing. Okay, just like hitting a bag, you know, at the gym is one thing. It's a whole different story to walk up to another human being, okay, another man, and hit him as hard as you can right in the face and try and break his jaw. It's a different mentality. It's a different mentality to draw that pistol, align the sights on somebody's face, and press off three rounds right into their eyeball. It's a different yeah. mentality. It is. A, you, and you know who you just reminded me of, Gabe? 
Who's know, that? when you said it's a different thing to get in the ring and punch a man in the face, you reminded me of Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of, you know, blustering and everything else. Okay, great. You know what? Take that skill. Go and shoot that guy over there. He's a bad guy. Go go kill him right now. Right. And the majority of people out there carrying blasters, they're, oh, well, no, because, you know, uh, this will happen and that'll happen. No, it won't. Trust me, it won't. <laughs> You know, uh, but it's a different mentality. Now you take a guy like an, a, a mixed martial arts guy, a, a, a MMA or a boxer or whatever, somebody that is accustomed to physical conflict. Um, you know, someone that, uh, uh, that, you know, has been in the ring, has fought, has done, you know, all these different things. You know, we, uh, um, you know, we, we've got, we've got some, some friends, I don't want to name drop or anything like that, you know, but we've got some friendships in the martial art world because that kind of is my background, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and sometimes we have these, these, these guys in class and, you know, they're very good. I don't want to fight any of them for heaven's sake because, you know, they're tough guys, but you know what? I can give them a Glock or a Beretta or a SIG or a CZ or whatever it is. And I could say, okay, you know what? The same stuff that you're doing over at the jujitsu gym or at the box, we're going to do that now with pistols. That's your target over there. You can see that, you know, they, they, they think about it and they go, okay, yeah, I understand this. I understand what we're going to do. Um, and then it's just a matter of, because they know if they get in a confrontation, shooting someone is just the same as punching or kicking them in their mind. Just a different tool. You're, you're, you're bringing force upon another person who is trying to, who's at odds with you for whatever reason. Right. Okay. They're just using a different tool. Yes. They're using and, uh, a different it, tool. It, it, it's so it's such a pleasure to teach those guys because I I don't I don't have to they don't have these these questions floating around in their minds you know they they know how to fight they already know they have that fighter's understanding and I'm just taking a different tool and and I'm giving it to them to go okay fight with this I could take that away give them a baseball bat fight with this you know and it's it's that 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 facial expression of understanding and comprehension is always there with those guys. Yeah, uh, it's not the same the other way around. I can't. It's it's more difficult to take someone who has been, um, you know, shooting for the entire life or, or a competitive shooter or whatever, and then take them and put them in the force unforced realm, and go, okay, now you and that guy are going to have a fight. He's going to do everything he can to kill you, you know, and and sometimes you know they they get it, sometimes they don't, but it's always a gap that they have to cross. Yes, and. Uh, it's uh, it's it's difficult. Some guys some guys never manage to, to cross that gap because they are so afraid of their 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 conflict averse. They're afraid of the conflict. They're afraid of getting in trouble. They're afraid to make that lethal decision. And this is just in training. This is just in training. Yeah, and you're speaking of training. Your classes teach fighting. Uh, they don't necessarily that's teach shooting, and yeah. that—that's why that's I, I like the names of your courses: close-range gunfighting, advanced close-range gunfighting, active shooter yeah. interdiction. That—that's what you're teaching. Yeah. Yep. You know, and that's uh, that's the big difference. So I'm glad you uh, clarified that the difference between a fighter and a shooter. So the last thing I want to get to, and I know you want to spend a lot of time on it, you just launched a new business called Suarez mm -hmm. Fitness, right? Yes. Why Suarez Fitness? Why is fitness important? <laughs> well, okay, so um, I I believe that teaching is 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 a calling. 
Okay. Um, you know, I mean, I, I could, I could just like right now quit, you know, drop away from the industry, go live on a mountaintop somewhere and pretty much enjoy the rest of my life without having to deal with anything or anyone. Um, but you know, we need a purpose every day. We need to have some reason to get up in the morning. That's something I learned from my dad. Uh, and you know, so, and I was really close to just pulling the plug and retiring, but you know, it's like, I realized, you know, my work really isn't done yet, you know? And it's like, every time I go, yeah, I'm done. I'm going to quit. Now you have another active shooter, like this Uvalde thing. And I'm like, God bless it. You know, I, Mm. I gotta, I gotta, people haven't got the word yet. So, um, one thing that I, I, I see a lot in my classes is people come and they want to learn gunfighting, and they want to learn, you know, all these different things. Uh, but their physical fitness is, it's just not there. And they have this mentality that the pistol in their holster makes up for it, and it doesn't. It does not, uh, you're right. It does not. I mean, you know what? Yeah, it's better to have the pistol than to not have it. But you know what? If you weigh 300 pounds and you run out of breath, walking up to pace your targets, you know what? Uh What's going to happen when you get that big adrenaline dump in the gunfighter? What's going to happen if you have to run to cover? What's going to happen if you need to pick up your wife or a victim or, or, you know, it's so you need, you need more. Okay. And so what I wanted to do was, was develop a program where, um, you know, those that wake up one day and, and look down and, and, and think, holy smokes, how did I allow myself to get like this? Uh, where they could come to me and I could say, all right, you know what? This is what we need to do to get you lean and fit and strong, regardless of your age. Uh, so that not only if you find yourself in a, in a gunfight and an active shooter problem, just a self-defense problem, whatever it is, you know, maybe somebody grabs your wife's butt and you got to punch them in the face or something like, you know, something. Uh, where you will be able to accomplish what you need to accomplish without having a heart attack. Okay. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> Good point. yeah, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, I, I, I kind of put together this whole program and, and so what, uh, predominantly what I've been getting, and it was kind of, I guess, expected, um, are people in my demographic, um, you know, so let's say like, you know, 30 to 70, that's a pretty big demographic, but those, those are the students that I have, uh, mostly male, a few females, um, that, you know, look down one day and they go, Oh my God, I'm, I'm pregnant or from the men's perspective, I guess maybe today I shouldn't say that cause yeah. it's a different world that we don't, oh my goodness. But, yeah, don't get but, started uh, on that. You know, they, <laughs> they're, they're a hundred pounds overweight. They're 50 pounds overweight. And, uh, and that's not a good way to be because that's not, it's not the harbinger of longevity and quality of life. It's quite the opposite. Uh, and so um, I partnered up with uh, some, some nutrition companies and we put them on a, on a, on a special diet. And the food's not bad. I mean, it's, uh, you, you know, you weigh 300 pounds, you want to be 200 pounds, you got to make some sacrifices. Um, totally. But, you do. Uh, yes. You know, we, we, we get them there. Um, I've been running this now for six weeks and I've got about 15 clients, uh, and they are, they're dropping weight. If they stay with the program, they do what I suggest. Uh, and I bug them every day. I have them take a picture of their toes on the scale. 
you know, and send it to me and I take a picture of the food that they ate and, you know, and I, I, kind of, I, I kind of coach them and I, I, um, uh, you know, I keep them accountable. And, uh, you know, so we've got, uh, we've got one guy that, uh, he, he came to me three ten, and, uh, he is below two eighty now. Nice. Uh, very well. Done. I've got another guy. Yeah. I got another guy that started off at two seventy. He's two forty now. Uh, and then I got a bunch of people that, you know, they started off at 200 or, you know, 180 or, or whatever the case is, you know, and they're, they're dropping their weight slowly. You know, average is, is like, I don't know, between 10 to 12 pounds per month. Okay. Uh, and, uh, you know, cause we, we want them to drop the weight in a healthy manner. Uh, and, uh, you know, the program is intended to, to teach their body how to, subsist on things other than the typical sugary, starchy American diet. Right. Uh, and to teach them how to eat better um, and how to maintain um, what they have uh, managed to achieve. Uh, and then the idea is once they attain their, their weight, uh, you know, we can, we can teach them how to maintain it uh, and, and then uh, get them exercising and moving and, and doing different things and, um, you know, and, and it's, like I said, it's, uh, it's, it's been very successful, uh, with the people that I have. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's amazing, uh, how this has taken off. I didn't, uh, I didn't expect it to be, um, such a, uh, such a success in, in a short period of time, but, but it has become that. I think you're going to see a lot more of it. And I bet a lot of your clients are, my age, I'm just a little over 60, and they probably realize, you know, I got to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, absolutely. One of the first things you probably say is no more enchiladas with a side of rice and a uh, um, yeah. and a diet coke, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I have them. I have them basically eat. Uh, uh, you know, we 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 put them on a program. Most of the people they go on a program called the the, the five and one. Uh, the company's called Octavia. And uh, one of my students in Georgia connected me with them and were really impressed with, with their organization. What's and the name? it really dovetails nicely. Optavia, O P T A V I A. O P T A V I A. Okay. O P T A V I A. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, they have medical oversight and, and all of that stuff. So, uh, but uh, the, the food, the, they're, 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 Prepared snacks or prepared foods are very good. My my wife Cheryl is on it now too, and she's dropped like I think like fifteen pounds, maybe a, a little bit more. Excellent. Think, probably closer to twenty pounds. And you know, I, I I saw her today walking up the stairs at the shop, and I just kind of I stood there at the bottom and just kind of looked up and went, "Wow, hey, that's pretty hey. cool." Uh, <laughs> you like that, don't you? You like that. You know, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's all about, it's all about getting that quality of life going and, and, and staying healthy and, and, uh, and, and being able to live your life without having to spend every penny you have on a doctor. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, Gabe, I'm glad you're talking about this because virtually no one except for you, maybe, maybe there's a couple of others. They don't talk about this stuff in the, in the self-defense second amendment world. They just don't talk about it. They talk about how fancy their guns are and what they've done to it, but they don't talk too much about fitness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I remember in my youth, there was a term uh, that was thrown around uh, in, in the circles that I moved in called uh, a, a renaissance man. Uh, 
Uh, and you know, today's 2022, so we can say Renaissance person. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, what, uh, what that refers to is someone who is very good at everything they devote their time to. Uh, they're not a shooter. They're not a fighter. They're not a scholar. They're not, they're not, they're everything. Uh, so they, they're successful in everything they do. Physically, they're successful. Business-wise, they're successful. Uh, and they, um, you know, they, they're educated in the different aspects of their life. Uh, and unfortunately, what we see a lot of uh, in the U.S. is you see people that are very limited. You got somebody, okay, he's a shooter. Okay, great. Doesn't know anything about diet. Doesn't know anything about exercise. Doesn't know anything about uh, medicine or supplements or uh, anything at all, except he knows about shooting or he knows about this or that. Well, what we want to do is we want to be totally complete, educated, renaissance people where we not only know how to shoot and fight and, and do bad things to bad people, but, you know, we also know about diet. We know about supplements. We know about the use of pharmacology to keep us strong and, and uh, uh, agile and fit, you know, into our, our later life. We know about business. We know about writing. We know how to be articulate. We know how to build a business. We know how to do all these different things without somebody having to tell us how we can research all that by ourselves. And of course, you know, if some, we have somebody will tell us how fantastic, but if you lack that, you can search that information for yourself. And so it's all about being that complete person. Well, in America, we've normally called that a jack of all trades. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to bring it a little bit, even a little bit further. I want to say you are nearly a master of all trades. Yeah. People uh, have used yeah. the, People have used the phrase jack of all trades in a negative way, but I don't think it's they negative. Have. I think it's a positive. Yeah. Well, the, the whole the whole phrase is jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, well, I want to change that. I want to make you a master of all the trades that you have interest in. Uh, if you have interest in self-defense, well, get the, you know you can be you become very very good at it. Uh, you want to be an interest. You want to have interest in in business. You can become very good in business. You know whatever it is that you're interested in, you should study deeply and become uh, a master, if not a master, at least an expert in that chosen field. Um, and I think what happens is you have a lot of people that would rather have somebody else tell them what they need, give them a pill. They don't want to put the effort out. Uh, and, and so then they never really master anything other than obeying. And that's the sad thing. Well, you know, I'll give you an example of what you're talking about. Back when I was 24 years old, not too long ago, actually. Last <laughs> week. Uh, yeah, last week. When I was 24, I, I decided I knew exactly what I wanted to do, and I have not worked a day in my life since I was 24 years old. And what I decided I wanted to do is I wanted to be a salesperson, and I wanted to be a good one. And I've had a blast doing that since I was 24. And there's nothing I could ever see myself ever doing but i also decided in my 40s well i want to be good at some other things because i need to be successful in life i need to learn some other skills so i did i learned how to run a business um 11 years ago i learned how to do a podcast and be successful at that you know i I decided to get my financial life in order. And so I became much more successful with my finances because they were a wreck when I was in my 30s. So you're right. I decided mm -hmm. I wanted to start mastering some other things. Exactly. 
you know, so the guys that, that they wake up in the morning, they look down and they see this big giant, you know, dad belly floating around down there. <laughs> I would tell them, you know what? That doesn't have to be your future. No. You can take steps. You call me and I will get you squared away. Uh, and, and, you know, you can decide today what your tomorrow is going to look like. But you have to do it. No one's going to do it for you. You have to decide today what your tomorrow is going to look like. So if somebody's made that decision, do they go to SuarezFitness.com? No. You know what? I, I, I'm eventually going to have a couple of websites. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's going to be Suarez Tactics, which is uh, I'm splintering off the training from the store. Okay. Uh, you know, I have some business reasons why I'm doing that. I'm going to have Suarez Fitness. Uh, which is going to be a separate entity. I still have uh, control of Suarez International, uh, but uh, yeah, the uh, the way to contact me is just I've got a separate email for that SuarezFitness at Yahoo.com. SuarezFitness uh, at Yahoo.com. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know uh, I get I get emails from people and I set up I set up calls with them on the phone and uh, uh, you know I find that um, it's it's hard to. Uh, have a cookie cutter approach for everyone with their physical situation because uh, I don't want to say everybody's different, but we don't all fall into the same categories. And so that's true. Um, you know, when when I when I I talk to someone, I ask them. You know, I ask them your age, your weight, your height. So I have an idea. You know, somebody says I'm five three and I weigh three hundred and twenty pounds. Okay, we have some work to do. Uh, you know, uh, and then I, I asked them, you know, if they have, you know, medical issues, you know, like there's one lady that I spoke to that had her gallbladder removed. Okay. Well, you know, there, and there's, there's a, there's a number of different diet plans that we have for these different situations, but you know, it's important to know that. Uh, so I, you know, I just inquire and I just kind of write up a little bit of a, of a profile for them and, and then, uh, you know, I tell them, okay, this is, this is what we got. This is what we can do. And this is what you can expect. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's not free. Uh, nothing, nothing no. is free. There's a cost to it, but, uh, it's, it's a pretty much a negligible cost. I mean, the, the food, uh, program, it's, you know, it's about 400 bucks ish for four or five weeks. Uh, it's and, not too uh, bad. you know, no, it's like it's two dinners out with the wife, you know? Uh, these and, days, uh, yes, you know, that's right. Average, average, you know, weight drop, you know, between 10 to 15 pounds a month. Uh, you know, and there's, there's exceptional people that they're very focused and they have a lot to lose and the weight, it falls off. I mean, fast other people, you know, they, they don't have as much weight to lose. It's a little slower, but they still, they still have progress. They still drop the weight. Um, you know, and, uh, uh, so yeah, we, we put them on the, the, the food program. We, we teach them what to eat. You know, we teach them what, how to prepare their food. You know, I tell them to drink a lot of water. That's another thing that most Americans don't do is they don't drink water. You're right. Uh, you know, so I, I, I tell them, you know, a, a gallon a day is nine pounds a month and that's just water. Uh, and that's bro science from the old bodybuilding world. A gallon a day is nine pounds a month. A gallon a day um, is nine pounds, so, nine pounds a month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I tell them at the very least, you know, half a gallon a day, uh, you know, that's two 32 ounce water bottles. Uh, you know, if you start in the morning, by the time you get to bed, you will have gone through two very easily two water bottles. 
you know, and uh, the, the overachievers, I say, you know, try and do four, you know, and uh, four is four is sometimes tough. I mean, I even I I have sometimes trouble drinking an entire gallon a day, but I'll 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 go through three 32 ounce bottles, uh, you know, in, in a given day, especially if it's a training day. Uh, That's pretty but, good. Uh, yeah. Hydration is is huge in, in the in the program. You know, and, uh, you know, and then I, I, I tell them, okay, you know, don't, don't go to the market and buy uh, a box of Ho-Ho's and put them in the fridge and, you know, <laughs> plant a cheat meal. It's no, no, don't do any of that stuff. You know, don't keep all that stuff out of your house because you don't want the, you don't want that temptation. And that's the most that's, important uh, thing is keep out of that, keep that stuff out of your house. Don't come home <laughs> from the grocery store with that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because if yeah, you have it, you're going to eat it. Yeah, yeah, it's like the it's like the alcoholic that buys the the bottle of Jack and puts it in the cupboard there and says, "Please, Lord, don't let me drink that." You know? Right. Well, yeah, but why why'd you don't buy it in the first place? Because you know that you're going to get to it. Or they put it up in the cupboard and they go, "Well, that's not for me. That's for other people." Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah. Sure. Yeah, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's, exactly. Yeah. These these Cheetos I bought. It's not for me. They're for the kids. You know. Yeah. They're sure. for the kids. They're yeah. For the kids. That's not good. Yeah. Well, that's good. You know, I think. Suarez Fitness, that's a, that's an incredible idea I, it, because it's such a huge component of not only being able to defend ourselves, but living a good long life. Yeah. Well, you know what? And if you're fit and you can move and you can do amazing physical things, you will have a physical confidence about you um, that will be, you'll recognize it, other people will recognize it in you. Uh, and I can't help. I can't help but comment on, you know, back to the, the active shooter stuff that the, 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 the people that were, I'm going to call them people, not officers, but the people that were in that hallway didn't look like they spent a lot of time watching what they ate. It didn't look like they spent a lot of time going to the gym. You got that right. Uh, so, you know, you wonder, was there a component of a lack of physical confidence? I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, everything that is within our control, we want to control, you know, I mean, yeah. you, you, you can't, you know, you, you can't control, okay, you're going to be in a plane crash or, you know, you, this is going to happen. A meteor is going to land. You don't control any of those things, right? That's in God's hands, but the things that you do control, you need to control. You need to focus on what you can control. And like you said, you can control whether you're 320 pounds or whether you're 220 pounds. Yes. You can control that. I've heard so many people say, well, I, I, I don't have anything to do with that. You know, I've got this. I've got that. This has happened to me. That's happened to me. I don't know if I believe that in 90% of the cases. No, no you know, I think, I think that uh, the, the people, there are people that are, by default, lazy, and they don't want to have to strive. They don't want to have to work, and so they will look for any excuse to blame their lack of success. Um, <clears throat> you know, you know, you know my my story with my family coming from Cuba and everything. I started with nothing. Yeah. I started with nothing. Okay, I I don't have nothing today. I, I I'm living pretty well. You know, I just bought a new Range Rover. You know, nice cool stuff, man. Uh, Range Rovers and, uh, are so cool. That's I, nice. They are, this thing is, you know, I, the, the Tahoe was just getting to the point where, you know, it was like, okay, something's going to fall off of this thing. And so I, 
I, I traded in. I, I got the the Range Rover. It's such a James Bond car, man. It's oh yeah. You know, it's got little hiding places everywhere, and it's fast. Oh my goodness. And I've I've heard you, you know? tell stories about you and especially your father. Not only did you have nothing, but you came from a place like Cuba. I mean, that's yeah. You yeah. know, um, that's the yeah. epitome of you know, being oppressed. Yeah. <laughs> so I could say. Well, Bob, you know, I mean, I, I had a, a hard childhood, you know, and I, I, so I, you know, I have an excuse for, for not having anything, <laughs> you know, no, I, I mean, and you know, and you know about the, 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 the thyroid stuff that I have and, you know, uh-huh. the, the, the injuries, you know, from law enforcement and everything else that, you know, those are just, those are things, those are things that you have in your life that you experienced in your life, but they don't have to define you, you know, you, you decide what you want to be. You decide what your limits are going to be. And, you know, you discover them and you try and push through them uh, or you go around them, you know, uh, but you don't, you don't just sit back and go, okay, well, I, I guess, I guess I'm defeated. You know, I, my race is over now. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know, I remember uh, uh, I, I was listening to a, a podcast um, with uh, Marcus Luttrell, you know, the lone survivor. Marcus you know, Luttrell, yeah. You are never out of the fight, you know, and it's like, absolutely, you're never out of the fight. Whatever that fight may be, business, relationships, an actual fight, you know, a gun, whatever it is, you're never out of the fight. You're always, you're always in the fight. You're still striving. You're still trying to accomplish stuff. You're still reaching for more. You're still building. You're still moving while you're still alive. You know, you know, when you're, when, when you're out of the fight, when you open your eyes, you know, and, and, and Jesus looks down, he goes, okay, dude, pretty good run. Okay. Yeah. You know, you're done. Oh, okay. Well, all right. I, that was unexpected, but I, I guess that's it. But until that happens, you're still in the fight. You're still striving. You're still building. You're still chasing. You're still doing what you're doing every single damn day. And when you're done with that fight and you are talking to Jesus, that's a good thing. You, that, means that, yeah. uh, that means that you are going to be in a good home forever. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, that's, this so. has been a great interview, Gabe. Um, well, thank th- you. This is fantastic. And so I want to give you some, some advertising. Of course, people can go to Suarez International and get signed up for any of the courses in your curriculum being taught by all the fine instructors on your staff, and they can email, if they want to get more fit, SuarezFitness at Yahoo.com. That's right. And we got to do a part two and not wait so long next time. Yeah, you know, let's, let's definitely do it. I mean, you know, this, this year has been, has been crazy, um, yeah. you know, just with different things going on. I know you and I talked about doing a podcast, I think it was like two months ago. About two months ago, yeah. You know? And it's like, oh, my God, you know, just this is going on, that's going on, you know. And uh, uh, so, yeah, I, I've, been, I've been keeping busy and keeping after it. You well, know. I wouldn't um, expect anything less from Gabe Suarez. <laughs> you got <laughs> you to gotta keep busy, and that's what I would expect. Yeah. And I also want to say, I, I want to say this again, and I don't care if people argue with me. I don't care if I get a bunch of emails or whatever. I'm just going to go ahead and say it anyway. You were the first guy to make red dot pistols mainstream <laughs> you were the first guy what was it 2010 2009 what was it uh 2009 was the first time that we put a j point on the back end of a glock slide 
Actually, okay. no, no, it wasn't a J point. It was an aim point. An aim point. On the, it was like the, it was at the fall of 2009. Fall you know, of 2009. Proof of, proof of concept. Yeah. And uh, and then we uh, we we moved to J points, and then you know I went to Shot Show, and I saw the RMR, and and we started doing the work with the RMR, and and all of that. You know, and it's funny because people, it's like they get weird about it. And they go, well, no, you know, this guy Todd Jared back in. Yeah, but, you know, Jared, when he was done shooting that match, he didn't stick that pistol in his belt and go home. Right. Most know? likely not. So, and, and you know, with all due respect and compliments to Todd Jarrett, uh, he didn't really bring that mainstream, I don't believe. No. no you know, um, and you and your organization, you did it, and you were, you were criticized, I remember. Um, <laughs> I think I joined the Warrior Talk Forum. I'm going to have to look it up now and find out when my join date was. But I think it was 09 or 2010. And people yeah. were saying, you got to be crazy, a dot on a pistol. Why would someone spend 600 yeah. bucks or $700? Well, that's more than yeah. the price of a gun, Gabe. That's what people were saying. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. I can get a Glock yeah. 19 for less than $700, Gabe. Why would I yeah. want to spend that much on an optic? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember that. So yeah, I remember the first time that we uh, we showed uh, uh, this uh, these SF guys the the dot. I was I remember was doing a class in Kansas, I think it was, and these guys were in class, and I you know I'm, it wasn't even a pistol class. I think it was a rifle class. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm wearing that in my belt, you know, appendix carry. And, you know, during a break, they, they come up and go, hey, is that, uh, yeah, yeah, here. And I, I gave them the pistol. And I said, there's a target over there 200 yards. Go, <clears throat> you know, and they go started walking that. toward the park. Yeah, they started walking toward the, the target. I go, no, no, hold on. Wait, you guys are like SF guys, aren't you? <laughs> you, you can shoot pretty good, right? And, you know, so I put them on the spot. And, you know, they, they, they started taking shots at 200 on a steel uh, you know, IPSC size target and hitting it regularly. And they're like, Oh my God, you know, and they go, yeah, see, it's look at the things you can do with that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, and so they, they ended up, uh, getting a bunch of those and going back to wherever they were going and shooting whoever they were going to shoot. But, <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah, those were, those were great days, man. It's, I, I love having those, those, opportunities for discovery, you know, where you, you see something and you just kind of go, you know, I'll bet you that peanut butter and chocolate would go well together, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then, you know, you try it and it works out and, and, uh, it changes history. It changes everybody's perspectives on something. And I hope that the same trajectory happens with Suarez fitness because it's just as important. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I you, Gabe. So. I appreciate this. Uh, it'll come out this Sunday, and uh, let's do this again soon. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Gabe Suarez, everybody. Thanks. All right. Goodbye. Thanks. Well, Gabe, a huge thank you to you. That was fantastic, even as I listened to it for the second time. I hope all of you enjoyed that. I'd like to get some comments Feedback, handgunworld at gmail.com, handgunworld at gmail.com. Use my voicemail, which next week I'm going to talk about a couple of voicemail messages that I received. 210-646-1727 if you want to call into my show. Once again, 210-646-1727. 
Also, if you're looking for good holsters and belts and you don't appendix carry, I highly recommend concealment solutions, especially they're all Kydex outside the waistband holsters. Their hybrid holsters are fantastic. Excellent concealed carry belts. Again, you get a 10% discount just by using the coupon code HANDGUNWORLD. You can also support this show on Patreon. I would like to keep bringing you good interviews like this one that you heard today. It takes time. It takes money. It takes effort. Most of my support comes from generous listeners like you as it has over the last several years. So if you could do me a favor, become a Patreon for as little as $3 a month. You can support this show. There are excellent interviews like this one, customized, never been heard before on my show, and a lot of really good videos. There'll be a link in the show notes, patreon.com slash handgunworld. And please don't forget about the Shooters Club. Man, that's years and years of videos that Ben Branham and I have put together. A lot of videos from our classes and just a lot of other really good stuff. And you can access even more information there for as little as $8 a month. Take your pick, whatever fits into your budget. That's all. That Thank you for listening to episode number 600. And I just want to close by saying this. Shoot straight. Shoot safe. Read your Bible every day. I'll talk to you again next week. Goodbye. Well, yeah, it's getting tough out there. Yeah, no doubt. I work in home invasions, mostly. Uh, some murder. Uh, occasional rape. Uh, And I'm a huge advocate of gun control, absolutely. Uh, Competition is stiff, and it it doesn't help that every time I kick in a door or smash a window, that I face the possibility of being shot and killed. Listen, the fact is, allowing citizens to own guns creates a hostile work environment for me and my associates. Uh, no one should have to work under under those conditions. Uh, I say make them all illegal. Absolutely. Make all gun ownership illegal. I mean, I break the law for a living. I'm a professional, so it doesn't really bother me. <clears throat> I mean, but personally, knowing that most homeowners don't have guns, uh, that would make me a lot more comfortable, uh, more confident, and it would surely increase productivity, no doubt. This is no only doubt. A threat if you Your local violent criminals work hard and put their lives on the line every time they attempt to murder, rape, abduct, or assault a member of the citizenry. They desperately need your help. With your support, There may finally come a day when a violent criminal can have his way with you or someone you love without the fear, anxiety, and stress caused by knowing there's a possibility his victim might be armed. Please show your support by voting for stronger anti-gun legislation because criminals prefer unarmed citizens.